0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the government works on a plan in the event the European Union breaks its promise on the delivery of vaccines. A lot of people were very hopeful with the announcement of a vaccine and now with the delays and the problems with rollout, they are really worried about what this means. So we need to more than ever focus in on getting the vaccines to everybody need a clear plan, people need to know what's going on. When will Canada's new travel restrictions come into effect? And what will be the lasting impact on the airline industry?
1: They're losing people daily. Uh, pilots are and mechanics and all those people,
0: flight engineers are, are and cabin crew, they're all either walking
2: away from our industry because they don't see the day to work again, or they're close to retirement and they're saying, hmm, might as well just go away. So we're going to lose key people when time, come, time comes
0: around, to, to restart again. And the Prime Minister talks climate change, the Buy American policy, and the two Michaels with the U.S. Vice President.
1: Kamala Harris was very well briefed on on Canada, knew a lot about the issues here, and, uh, and talked about our connections, including an aunt in Mississauga, by the way, uh, <laughs> hmm. who still lives there.
0: It's Tuesday, February 2nd. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Susan, thank you for joining us today.
1: Good morning, Mark.
0: So we're hearing this morning that the Prime Minister may announce today a plan that could lead to the production of vaccines in Canada. What kind of a difference could that make?
1: Well, the I, 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 while details are are sort of sparse right now, I think what we're going to find out is that this is not going to be a magical solution. That uh, whatever, whatever way in which we sort of ramp up our own homegrown vaccine industry, it's not going to happen overnight. So I don't know that it's going to make a material difference for this first round of vaccines that everyone is so desperate to have. You know, the Prime Minister has been talking about the vaccines in the same context that he was about personal protective equipment in the early days of the pandemic a year ago. And saying that Canada learned some big lessons during that, that we were too dependent on foreign countries and the the global supply chain. And so we... You know moved quickly to make sure that we could make things like masks and and uh, and all that other protective equipment here vaccines aren't that easily made and it's not an easy turnaround as well i think when this pandemic is over we are going to take a hard look at how reliant we are on foreign countries but I um, I hate to be a downer, but I don't know that anything the Prime Minister announces today is going to fix the problems that are sitting in front of us right now.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of those challenges involving procuring vaccines from other countries, uh, there's this ongoing issue of whether the European Union is is going to stick to the plan, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, and, and release vaccines to Canada. And, and government ministers are currently trying to get those assurances from the European Union that we'll still be able to get the vaccines we ordered.
1: Yeah, there are a couple of disturbing developments yesterday to keep on this downer theme. <laughs> uh, the the fact that Mary Ng, uh, the Minister of International Trade, said this was concerning, the fact that she said that the deal is not in writing, and the idea that uh public servants now are at work on ways to retaliate or um or making a, a backup plan that tells us when you know government doesn't like to give bad news when the government is saying concerning um backup plan not in writing i think that does tell us that this is suddenly elevated to a serious matter for the country and and the prime minister's announcement that we were just talking about fits into that as well too. We, um, you know, we journalists are trained uh, to ask the five W questions, but I've been struck by how many times the when question is the, the question now for everything in this, in this whole pandemic at this stage, when are things going to happen? When is this going to be over? When are restrictions going to be lifted? It's, it's, the, it's the leading W of all the questions right now in politics.
0: And how much do you think it is testing the patience of Canadians? I know by and large uh, they, they have been patient, uh, but I wonder if we continue to see Canada ranking very low uh, compared to many other countries in terms of vaccinations per capita, and uh, there are more weeks where there are jurisdictions of the country where nobody's getting vaccinated, uh, how long it's going to be before people start to get angry, frustrated, um, uh, impatient?
1: I'm not sure how much the House of Commons is a reflection of the mood of the public right now, but I thought there was a, a really interesting moment yesterday in question period when Michelle Rempel, who to frankly, seems to lose her temper a lot. Uh, but she was asking a question about vaccine, uh, travel restrictions. And the transport minister stood up and talked about vaccines, which, first of all, shows you that they're related. But his answer was vexing. His answer was travel restrictions may have to still be enforced even for people who have the vaccines. That vaccines are not the answer to the spread of this disease. <clears throat> the... Um, the science is unclear right now on whether just because you've been vaccinated doesn't mean you can't spread it, which is a whole. This, this means that Canadians, you know, who are looking for a quick ending to this, don't have it yet. That that, and I think that is sinking in. I think this is going to be a really tough month in politics, and I think in Canadians' lives too. It's uh, we're getting to be a year into this pandemic. The, the the light at the end of the tunnel sometimes looks farther away and and this week has not been filled with great news about it.
0: Let's talk about those travel restrictions which are starting to go into effect now and there's a poll out this morning that shows that 86% of Canadians agree with these stricter measures. Uh, I think a lot of people are wondering why they didn't go into a, into effect sooner. Uh, there are still questions being asked about why they haven't taken effect uh, in some cases right away, Um, other ways that people are getting around these travel restrictions. So what's your sense of of, uh, how this is being rolled out and the impact it could have?
1: I think, uh, to be fair to uh the airlines the border people and the the people in government this is a much more complicated exercise than than we know that we've heard how complicated it was to shut down the US border i think and you know the the real risk of um you know bankruptcy or or economic ruin or or big interruptions in the supply chain you know that i i love these polls because that they they're they're saying why didn't you stop me from traveling sooner? And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's, there's, uh, it's kind of like uh, <laughs> polls that you know that that talk about people's behavior, and you know that there, there's a percentage of people who disapprove of certain behavior, but it's greater than the percentage of people who don't behave that way, right? So, <laughs> right. yeah, they're yeah, within so within the eighty six percent of Canadians who are saying they approve of the travel restrictions are some Canadians who have traveled,
1: right? And and that's what the the. You know, I, I I do think all no matter what partisan stripe you are, all the politicians in Canada, the political leaders have been desperately trying through this pandemic to make Canadians enforce measures on themselves. That mm, we're not libertarian, but we do value freedom and individual choice. <clears throat> I think they were worried about March. They're worried about March break. And we saw what yeah. happened last year during March break. And while 86% of Canadians really want travel restrictions, they want them for somebody else, not themselves. And so, yeah, there are probably huge lessons to be learned about behavior modification uh, in in this last year.
0: Yeah. Tra- traveling outside the country now is like texting and driving everybody disapproves of it but still ends up doing it somehow um. <laughs>
1: judging from my yeah judging from my travels yes i've seen that too
0: yeah all right, let's talk Limited about travels. the prime minister's, uh, yeah, your travels within within the community, <laughs> right? It, and your right, yeah, yes. not your actual uh, cross-border travels. No. Um, no. Uh, let's talk about Kamala Harris. The U.S. vice president had a conversation with Prime Minister Trudeau yesterday. They talked about a number of different things, including uh, climate change, uh, but uh, the bi-American policies and how those would affect Canada. But I think the thing that will jump out at a lot of people is the fact that Kamala Harris expressed strong solidarity with Canada on the detainment of Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig. And I think people are going to read between the lines and wonder if that means perhaps some type of change is imminent.
1: Yeah, if they are saying that publicly, you know, the the, the whole... Approach to dealing with the two Michaels there has been to say as little as possible for fear that it will just make the situation worse. I, I that too jumped out at me. It jumped out at me the fact that they had spoken at all. Uh, I went back and tried to find um, records of of the prime minister talking to Mike Pence. Uh, I, I didn't find many. Pence visited here in 2019, but it's uh, the, the mere fact that the phone call took place I found fascinating. I was told that um, that Kamala. I talked to people in Prime Minister's Office last night about this. That Kamala Harris was very briefed on, very well briefed on on Canada, knew a lot about the issues here, and uh, and talked about her connections, including an aunt in Mississauga, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Hmm. Who still lives there? Um, so, I, I think it's a warm and friendly relationship, and it's very different already. You know, I, I interviewed the prime minister last week about his um, his relationship with Biden. We already know that relationship is different, but it's fascinating to me that some relationship is being forged between Kamala Harris and the prime minister as well.
0: Yeah, that'll be very interesting to watch going forward. All right, Susan, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star.
1: A year after telling Canadians that border controls didn't stop the spread of COVID, the virus is now rampant across Canada, and documents show that the Liberals stalled on imposing travel restrictions at the start of the first wave, again at the beginning of the second wave.
0: Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In an editorial, the Toronto Star asks, if new travel restrictions are so vital, why the further delay? The Star writes, apparently the government decreed this new system without having a clear idea of just when it will start. In the meantime, Canadians are scrambling to get in under the wire before that expensive three-night hotel quarantine kicks in. If these new rules are truly necessary, they should be enforced right away, letting enforcement slide for some indeterminate period of time undermines the very point of bringing in tighter restrictions. In the Globe and Mail, André Picard argues with things looking up in our pandemic fight, we should keep locking down. Picard writes, The worst possible thing we can do right now is relax lockdowns too quickly. This is no time to rush to the mall. We need to break the chains of transmission in the community, and the arrival of faster spreading variants only makes that all the more urgent. Failing to embrace a little more suffering could be disastrous. The second wave was worse than the first, and if we give the coronavirus and its variants too much slack, a third wave will be even more brutal. At Policy Options, Joshua Greenberg and Bernard Gauthier call for a refresh of Canada's strategy for pandemic communications. They write, in our highly fragmented mediascape, it's increasingly difficult to communicate in ways that will cut through the noise. Developing a fresh strategy to flatten the curve requires money, leadership, and collective commitment. It urgently demands more sophisticated communication and a more intensive policy response than we have seen. The cost of continuing with a campaign that has been underperforming will be far more significant and long-lasting. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. Much of the attention of federal politicians remains focused on COVID-19 and Canada's response to the pandemic. Today, the Commons Industry Committee will hear from the Health Minister and as CPAC's Martin Stringer tells us, the focus will be on
2: Canadian-made vaccines. Mark, Federal Health Minister Patty Haidu will come before the committee at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. She'll be accompanied by the head of the Canada Public Health Agency and one of her senior deputy ministers. Now, the committee is looking into ca- Canada's capacity to produce a vaccine here in Canada against COVID-19. Uh, at least two prominent Canadian vaccine candidates have been in the news recently. One is Medicago, and that's the Quebec-based company, which has just announced it has started third-phase human trials of its vaccine candidate. The other is a Toronto-based Providence vaccine company, which is conducting human trials. And it's talking about how last, last March, for several months, it was approaching the federal government and says it didn't get vital support or funding for its efforts to make a vaccine here in Canada. As Canadians, both the general public and the experts and politicians all watch and worry about the slowdowns and interruptions in vaccines produced overseas, the issue of Canada's capacity, or lack thereof, to make our own vaccines will make the Industry Committee hearings today an interesting few hours.
0: Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will speak with the Prime Minister of Japan before holding a news conference to provide an update on COVID-19. This afternoon, he will attend Question Period. And NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will make an announcement about the NDP's plan to give Canadian families dental care. And that's CPAC today in politics for Tuesday, February the second. Tune into primetime politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.